so many different things. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm so curious. Like, I won't recommend well, each time you hit the pan. Has anyone heard from like Dylan and that crew? Yeah, they are. Are they in Ridgecrest? They said they are all coming, leaving Walker Pass today to head to Candy Meadows. So oh, they, I forgot they still have to hike. Oh, so they're gonna be a few days behind? Probably. Okay. It's weird, we're gonna have a whole new wave of people. Yeah. Are you ready? I don't know. Uh, this could be like where I meet the love of my life. <laughs> We're trying to find out. Remember, remember. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't be the only single person in this group. <laughs> so how does that work? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep you posted. Oh, that's, that's, that's dignity. So I'm glad our, our paths crossed at Walmart. Oh yeah, for sure, man. The best thing that's ever happened to me at Walmart. <laughs> usually, usually, you know, there's a lot of weird people in Walmart. Very true. Including me, I don't know. We were the most quality person. And little did we know when you were telling us about your wife wanting you to get a haircut, little did we know we'd get to meet Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? It's so crazy. Best trail angel ever, though, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna head head home and make sure yeah. it's okay. Bye -bye. <laughs> it's good to see you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was fun. Yeah, it was great yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this won't be the last time we see you. Oh, we'll, we'll find you somewhere. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And you've got our phone number, so like. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Have you got our email address as well? Uh, no. Wait. Um, I don't think sure. So. What? Let me email? text you, you at some point. I'll text you my our email address. Okay. Because if you're ever in England, you need someone to stay. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, you can totally come stay with us. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Well, any of our family. So. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Yeah, if yeah. you want to go back to Cornwall, then grandparents live in Cornwall and they've got lots uh -huh. of spare rooms. Yeah. So. But honestly, thank you so much. We can't thank you enough yeah. for everything yeah. you've done. It's been was, absolutely incredible. That was really refreshing. It was, it was fun. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's been great. Bye, Bye Gary. Thank you Bye. so much. Good morning, guys. Guess who's back? It's your boy Rig. Hey. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, you guys are probably like, back from where? What are you doing? What are you on about? Um, well, for you, even though time is not a limit, you can just choose whenever you want to listen to an episode. You probably listened to me or us uh, like yesterday or a couple of days ago or so. For me, it's been about 10 days since I last spoke to you. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd give you an update of... Oh, Sorry, just been distracted by a hare or a uh, jackrabbit. Cute. Um, yeah, I thought I'd give you an update of what's occurred over those past 10 days, where we are currently, which isn't actually much different from where we were last time I was talking to you. And just generally updates on what we're about to do today. Because currently it's very early morning. It's not even six o'clock in the morning. Um, but I've just woken up fresh faced and I thought I'd use this quiet opportunity to step away from where everyone's camping and uh yeah talk to you guys so yeah how's it going missed you um so we last left you like i said about 10 days ago um we had just completed the southern california section and had entered kennedy meadows um signaling signaling sorry the start of the sierra nevada mountain ranges Woo! exciting and at this point there was a lot of hype about the snow up and coming snows uh, whether people were going to be going through, whether people were going to be flipping, um, and generally, like, what we were going to do. And the plan was we were going to take a road trip, and that's kind of where I last left it. We took the 10 days off, 
uh, used the road trip as a pure holiday, didn't want to put anyone under any recording pressures or whatever it is, um, just fancied enjoying it and uh, kind of being a bit blasé with how I was recording stuff and, you know, even like in terms of photos, I barely took any photos, I just really wanted to be there in the moment pretty much. Um, which was really nice. So I left you when we were in the tent, having just gone to Grumpy Bears, uh, enjoyed an evening celebrating the end of the Southern California section. Um, and yeah, sort of preparing for the for the road trip ahead and the up and coming challenges. So what we did since then was we actually spent the next day in Grumpy Bears, uh, just chilling, eating food, hanging around because the, so that was a Sunday, the day after that, which was Monday, was when we were going to start the road trip. So we got a lift into Ridgecrest uh, via Gary. Gary has been an absolutely incredible uh, support for us as a trail family, um, kind of throughout our road trip, uh, primarily at the start and at the end. But like he went above and beyond in terms of helping us out. Oh, I cannot thank him enough for it. Um, but he gave us a lift into Ridgecrest. Um, actually, sorry, just in case you don't remember who Gary is. So Gary is the, essentially he's the random guy we came across in Walmart on the day of Professor's birthday. Uh, when we popped into Ridgecrest, we were in Walmart. So they got chatting to someone who was about to go have their hair cut. That someone was Gary. Uh, he was a former hiker back in the 70s with his wife they loved hiking around yosemite and kind of doing sections of the pct which at that time wasn't formulated fully um and uh yeah we just got chatting and he um has just been incredibly helpful and he's an absolutely incredible person so he gave us a lift um and uh, from there we picked up our car, which was a massive, uh, it's called a Suburban, I think it was a Chevrolet Suburban, not too sure, something like that, a massive Suburban. We went to Las Vegas that night, crazy, such a weird place, but like, it was, you know, it's there for entertainment and it was entertaining, cannot complain. Um, from there, I think the Vigilant of you may remember, the original plan was Las Vegas, uh, Zion Valley, and then Grand Canyon. Um, but actually, believe it or not, Zion Valley and Grand Canyon uh, were hit by snows. Um, not too bad, but we just kind of, considering that we're about to step into incredibly snowy environments and mountains and the cold, it's really cold right now actually, um, we wanted to be nice and warm. So instead of going to Zion Valley and Grand Canyon after uh, our trip to Las Vegas, we actually took a road trip across uh, Death Valley by night. We got to um, Big Sur the next day, um, which is a beautiful stretch of coastline between San Francisco, just south of San Francisco, and north of Las Vegas, uh, sorry, Los Angeles. Um, it's a beautiful coastline. It's the coastline that Molly and I drove down in order to get to uh, San Diego to even just start this whole trip. Uh, so it was familiar territory for us, but uh, it's so beautiful that we were really happy to be back. And it was just nice to be by the coastline again, seeing elephant seals, sea lions, uh, sea otters. Um, we saw a few whale spouts out in the water. It was just awesome, really, really beautiful um, landscape. It was, it was fantastic. I highly recommend going there. So we went from Big Sur, we then went a little bit further north <coughs> to Santa Cruz, which is just, just south of San Francisco. There we stayed with um, one of Josh's friends called Tyler. Him and his family were incredibly, um, uh, what's the word? 
what's the word? Hosting. <laughs> they were really, you know, they were really, really kind to us. They allowed us to stay there. Um, and uh, for how long did we stay there for? Basically, two nights and and a couple of days. And yeah, we just like hung out there, ate food again, chilled out, enjoyed the sun. It was nice and hot. Uh, the others went surfing. I'll tell you why I didn't go surfing in just a second. But yeah, it was just a really good trip. And then we came back from Santa Cruz, back to Ridgecrest last night. Um, sorry, the uh, the night before we stayed with Gary again. That's when Gary came in, uh, and like super helped us out. He he picked us up from where we dropped off the car. He took us around his. We had uh, ribs. He cooked us like a whole dinner. We just chilled out in his house. We had somewhere to stay inside, which was lovely. And then we spent basically most of the next day just chilling out in the sun in his back garden, chatting to him, reorganizing our bags, getting together our new gear that we bought in several REIs along the West Coast. We absolutely dominated their shops. It was insane. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he took us back to Kenny Meadows last night. And that's where we are right now. Uh, I'm sat outside the general store. So last time I was at Grumpy Bears. Now I'm at the general store. Um, and today we are going to start our trip into the Sierra Nevadas. And I'm really, really psyched. I think the whole group is really excited. Um, but let's clarify who the whole group is. So we were hiking to Kennedy Meadows with um, kind of a big group of us, actually. It was, it was uh, Molly and I, Joshua and Cricket, Josh being Funk. I might, I might start just referring him to uh, as Joshua. Um, so Josh and, uh, and Cricket... Uh, and Professor, so those the five five of us that we stuck together for quite a while. That's the True Trail, trail family. Uh, but then we were joined by Sobo. Uh, Sobo, you may remember, she's been in and out of the podcast. Um, she's a really really kind soul, uh, super jolly and positive person who's really fun to be around. Uh, she was a contestant in the uh, Casa de Cathlon back at Casa de Luna. Um, and uh, we formulated the chant for her, which was like, so be whoa, uh, which is now how we basically greet her every time we see her. Um, so she's she's joined us, actually. She was originally walking with uh, Ribbit, who was Tom, um, and his group, who were Nelly and Nick. Um, but uh, she had to stay back into Hatchpee whilst they went on uh, to pick up a package of some sort, I think, or maybe a bag, I can't really quite remember. But because of that, she was like falling behind, she was trying to catch up with them, she caught up with us, and we managed to convince her to actually come with us to uh, Ridgecrest the original time um, for uh, Professor's birthday. So since then, she's been integrated into our family, and it's been awesome. So that was the six of us. On the road trip, we hooked up again with Jukebox, which was amazing. Jukebox was a part of the Trail family a while back. Um, we're going back to the Castelluna times. That's actually last time we uh, were with her on trail. Um, all of, like for those days be- uh, before then, like through going through the desert from Agua Dulce and all of that. Jukebox was a huge part of our family. Um, she is no longer on trail because uh, A, she didn't want to tackle the Sierra Nevada um, situation, which is completely fair enough. Um, but also she was having to come off trail anyway in August uh, to go back to school. So she uh, is currently, actually I don't know what she's going to be doing currently, but I think she's trying to figure out whether or not to do uh, further north sections of the PCT or do other trails around her home or anything like that. Um, but it's really sad not to have her here and it was awesome to have her back for the road trip. She's such a 
good positive energy she's so funny she's very loud but in like the most beautiful of ways she has an incredible voice when it comes to singing and she's called jukebox because as she walks she just sings and she listens to her music she sings out loud and that is just uh you know it's, a, it's actually a beautiful thing to hear whilst you're out on the trail uh, sometimes it's so beautiful that you just stop listening to your own music and you just listen to her singing um she was this incredible energy to the trail family uh and it's she's always going to be part of the trail family um but it is sad not to have her with us here though i wish her the best of luck with everything she does from here on and hopefully we'll be seeing her if not in oregon while she's walking on the pct if she does um but hopefully at the end of our trip um, she said she'll meet us in seattle so fingers crossed that'd be awesome uh so there were seven of us on the road trip we have lost jukebox obviously because she's gone and done her thing uh, but unfortunately guys believe it or not we've lost professor uh unfortunately professor was hit really hard um by an illness whilst we we're on the trip and uh he hasn't been able to fully recover uh we all got well most of us got hit by um, what we think was norovirus um essentially kennedy meadows being the point the kind of junction between the sierra nevadas and southern california is kind of a catchment area for hikers it's where a lot of people come and you know given the weather's been bad a lot of people are hanging around here waiting a couple of weeks going off on road trips there's a lot of different groups mingling and it's also a time where you know We've gone from working so hard, walking so many miles each day, to doing nothing for about a week, which means our metabolisms, this is my theory anyway, our metabolisms drop dramatically, our immune systems with it drop, we then suddenly catch all of these colds that are just starting to fly around as we're entering into the colder environments, we've got all of these different illnesses flying around, passing from one person to another as we're all in close contact with each other and uh, certainly other groups that we know and we associate ourselves with were hit by these like sickness um, illnesses and then unfortunately it got us it actually started off with molly molly got hit really hard when we were in big sur which absolutely sucked um, but it seemed to only be a 24-hour thing the next day on our trip to santa cruz uh, trent or professor was hit really hard by that and then i got it which is why i didn't go surfing when everyone was in santa cruz which sucked uh, it was really weird i essentially just slept on the roof of uh tyler's house in santa cruz there was it wasn't a slanted roof it, they actually had like a platform up there which is where we were sleeping but whilst they were all surfing i just i was like ko'd in bed um out on their roof enjoying the sun but uh, not being able to move but then after that uh professor got another round of of kind of more like a flu-like illness and he just had no energy uh, and he wasn't in a good state to really begin the sierras so we've left him in ridgecrest with gary uh, he's going to stay there i think for at least uh today if not the next uh, couple of days uh, to see how his energy levels go um and i think we're not too sure what he's going to do but uh, there's potential that he's going to head back home and see some loved ones and potentially work a bit to get some more money um before coming back onto the trail so we may not see him for a while hopefully we don't uh hopefully we don't um sorry hopefully it doesn't take too long before we see him again um yeah that was it was kind of hard actually like saying goodbye to jukebox was hard enough but that was something we kind of knew was going to happen anyway um it's always hard saying goodbye to her but then yeah then saying goodbye to professor and also he was he was in such a state <laughs> he just looked dead to the world he was like very down on energy and so saying goodbye to him and leaving him like that was really tough 
the other reason why it was tough was because he's a Michigan boy and Michigan's up north and he's so like adapted to the snow the snow environment is his thing he's been excited to get out of the desert to be able to go into the mountains because that's his environment uh, and with that it sort of came with the confidence that I really vibed with it was kind of something that gave me confidence as well I knew that at least amongst us was going to be a Michigan snowboy who uh, was comfortable within probably times where most of us are uncomfortable um he was going to be like this positive energy this uh kind of uh energy that would keep us going keep the morale up and uh you know confirm when we made good decisions or like told us when we made bad decisions or you know things like that and it's, it's kind of sad to not have him there and not have that uh sense of confidence that i did have before we started i still have huge confidence with the group and i think actually it's gonna be totally fine and i'll tell you for why because the weather's changing but um but yeah you know it's always sad to say goodbye to a member of, of your family especially someone who's been with you for such a long time uh, and uh yeah it was integrated so well so yeah that's sad so we're down to five people down to five people it's molly i uh josh cricket and sobona uh, it's a good group, tight-knit group. Uh, five people is actually a really good number to have as well. Molly and I established that early on when we could see groups of like eight and we, out in the desert and we were like, damn, that looks horrible. <laughs> we figured like three was actually probably, three or four was kind of optimum, five was good. And uh, then uh, going any beyond that, particularly out in the desert sections, perhaps not in the Sierra, in the Sierras, um, you know, in times where you don't necessarily need a huge group, you know, it just seemed too many so we're happy to have five people and i'm super confident with everyone's abilities and we get on so well that i think we're actually gonna have a really good time because we're gonna be able to negotiate and deter like determine what we're gonna do our next steps and everything like that anywho there you go there's a bit of a lowdown on what's occurred uh so oh sorry i've got a bit of a cold as well so if i find if i sound snuffly that's that's why so i'm here general store in Kennedy Meadows, let me tell you a bit about Kennedy Meadows because I didn't get much of a chance to when we first got in and then after that I was like clocking out, I was like okay I'm done for a little bit, this is, I, I like, I was looking forward to having a bit of a break, hasn't been tough, don't worry, don't put me under any pressure but it was just like cool holiday time, let's do this. So Kennedy, <coughs> wow, so Kennedy Meadows, it's beautiful, population of about 200 people, hardly anyone here. All the houses are these small kind of hut-like things. There's a few pretty rich houses around here too. And I reckon some of that population is actually holiday home-making peeps. as uh, so people who aren't here all the time. Of the locals around here, they seem pretty tough, pretty hardy. Um, and they live among a really beautiful environment. There's pine trees everywhere. It's very forested, uh, though not particularly tall trees. Uh, there's rolling kind of rocky hills around us uh, and we are quite high up in elevation i think about six thousand foot in elevation uh, so it's quite cold up here though not too cold it's not snowy though i think they got snow here the other day when you get here as a hiker there's two main spots you've got the general store at the general store they've got an amazing fire i'm just saying it's super warm in there though the shop's not open at the moment um in the general store they've got a load of supplies like food um books just kind of like all of the, all of this random stuff but a lot of it's really good for hikers uh they do food there too really nice burgers for pretty cheap prices um and outside currently is two foot adventures who we last saw in warner springs it's the outfitting uh, suppliers uh, and they helped us get micro spikes uh, for san jacinto um and lots of other stuff they gave us the rurology uh, rolling ball and they were really helpful actually so 
Two Foot Adventures are really good and they're based outside the general store. There's also camping in the back. They have makeshift cinema, outdoor cinema, which I don't know whether it's working or not. And they've got all sorts of entertainment here. It's a really good spot and it's actually where most people come to just before they go into the Sierras because about half a mile down the road is the trailhead where we will be heading today. Um, about two or three miles down the road, uh, getting towards Ridgecrest, um, but still very far away from Ridgecrest, um, is uh, Grumpy Bears, which is where we first turned up. Um, Grumpy Bears is, it's got a completely different vibe. So Grumpy, whilst, general, well, sorry, whilst the general store is like a cafe, kind of shop, meetup section, Grumpy Bears is more of a bar. Uh, they do food, a bit more expensive, um, but it's bigger, more substantial. Uh, lots of drinks, of course, because it's a bar. Um, and they also have camping, and they also have um, Triple Crown Adventures, uh, Outfitter, sorry. Um, here's another Outfitter store. They are also really good. We've got our ice axes from there. I'll tell you a bit about our equipment in a second. Um, yes, we got uh, a lot of stuff from there, and that's kind of a spot where a lot of people go to when they have... A bit of time to kill in Kennedy Meadows um, and are thinking of going elsewhere because it's a little bit closer to you know the main roads out from the the mountains and down into the desert again uh, so it's a good spot to get to and from road trips for example so that's why we headed over there camping is really nice um, it's quite easy to camp there and just generally it's quite a good vibe all around in Kennedy Meadows so you've got these two really good spots which kind of uh, cater to slightly different needs um, but essentially are all the same and it doesn't really matter where you go uh, you've got really good access to and from each one they have lifts that go from the general store to grumpy bears and so on and so forth uh, they both have dogs so what can you you know you can't say anything bad about that <clears throat> so Kennedy Meadows is really really good and um, the only thing I would say is like I said it is a bit of a catchment area for sickness um, and uh well, that's it, really. That's the only bad side of it. It's just really nice here, and it's a good, comfortable, calm spot to begin uh, what could be the most challenging section of the trail. So let's talk about that now. So the Sierra Nevadas are the uh, it's a large stretch of mountainous range uh, along California's backbone. Um, within it is Mount Whitney, which is the tallest mountain or the t highest peak. Uh, within the contiguous USA, so that excludes uh, Alaska and Hawaii, but that goes up to I think it's just under 15,000 foot of elevation, pretty damn high. It's quite a big, um, quite a big target for many hikers, I think. Uh, although currently, I uh, don't think it's really that accessible. Uh, the Sierra Nevadas this year have been hit by tons and tons of snow. Uh, when we first arrived in Grumpy Bears, we arrived whilst there was a storm going on up in the in the mountains, and uh, we were hearing of several feet of snow falling each day. Uh, I think uh, throughout the range, so that's quite a while. I think the range lasts for about 400 to 500 miles. Um, but throughout the range, uh, there's been reports of about five foot of snow up to 20 foot of snow. Uh, so some of these areas are really packed up with snow at the moment and up until now at least it's been very very cold and very stormy kind of treacherous so a lot of people have been debating whether or not to go in and whether or not to go out and this is something i've been talking about um quite a while uh we've been pretty determined that we're going to go in 
we've actually arrived in a perfect spot because there was the storm when we first arrived but obviously we had the road trip since we've come back the storms have stopped snow is falling less and we looking at the uh, weather reports of several different sources we see that temperatures are actually going to be rising to about so they do things in fahrenheit here to about 70 degrees of fahrenheit in some of these really high places so that's about 17 16 degrees centigrade i think i might be wrong with that but either way that's melting stage now that may sound good you may think okay cool so the snow's melting and clear up a little bit you'll be able to walk through a little bit more um, a bit faster so that's good right that is good but snow isn't the danger snow just slows you down and we're okay to walk slow we're okay to be cold i mean it's uncomfortable but hey no one said it was going to be easy the thing that we are worried about or not necessarily worried about that you have to be cautious about is uh, river crossings so a lot of the rivers up in these mountains are obviously sourced by snow melt um, and as the snow does melt a lot more water runs through those rivers and river crossings are probably the biggest source of uh, unfortunately death on the PCT there hasn't been many in the past but um, it's just one of those it's the thing that most people talk about before they start the trail most people advise you on you know make sure you make wise decisions when you get to a river crossing don't do it alone if it's too much just stop camp see how it goes uh, so that's something that we've really got to consider so while it's good that the temperatures are rising it means we might be able to walk faster it does mean that some of those rivers are going to start flowing pretty heavily I think we are in a nice sweet spot where we can probably catch the best of both worlds maybe um, but we just have to be aware of that which is why I'm happy that we're going to be going in as a group of five. When it comes to the river crossings uh, there's several methods that we can go by this please do not take my words as gospel right now as like pure advice it's just things that we've heard about uh, there's so many different techniques out there so many different ways of doing it you can do it alone you can do it in groups you know there's all sorts of different techniques but the way that we've been talking about is essentially when you get to the river you don't have to cross the river when you get to the like at the point of the trailhead you can go a mile either side or even further just to find an easier point of crossing if where the trail hits the river it's just far too much it's far uh, too fast flowing it's too deep it's too wide take the time when you're in the sierras there's no need uh, as far as I'm aware, there's no need to be putting in big miles, there's no need to be rushing through it. If you rush through it, you're probably more likely to get yourself in danger. So what we're going to be doing is when we get to rivers, if it's too much at the, at the trailhead, we're going to just put down our bags, split up, go either side for about a mile or two, see if there's any easier crossings, come back together, figure out which way was the best way, and go across that if that suits. If it doesn't suit... <coughs> Sorry, if it doesn't suit and <clears throat> and the river is quite evidently powered by snow melt and perhaps it's a later time of day so there's more snow melt um, then <clears throat> then an option is that you camp by the river or nearby the river you get up early and then you monitor how it's changed from when you last saw it to that early morning period because early morning obviously snow uh, impacts a little bit more it becomes harder more iced up there's less snow melt and there can be quite significant drops in depth and velocity within these rivers uh, in accordance to time of day so if it's too raging and you're there at like midday is the hottest part of the day and you're thinking hmm, not the best time to cross i'm not in any rush camp nearby hit it early morning cross it when it's less dangerous 
The other thing to do is obviously if you can't find a dry way of crossing over, which is the ideal way, perhaps with a felled tree crossing the river uh, or um, stepping stones, for example, you're going to have to get wet. And that's cold and uncomfortable, but sometimes you just have to do it. If you can't cross the river, you can't get through the Sierras. That's just how it is. So um, sometimes you have to wade through. That's when it gets dangerous. You don't want to get knocked off your feet, step into a hole, fall over, get swept down. Nish good. Nine. Uh, so that's when you really want to be doing it with a group. So the group of five, the way that we've established so far, though we haven't come across any rivers yet that we've had to do this in, uh, is that we're going to do the line formation. So the line formation is where we all get into a line facing upstream, one behind the other. Uh, we have our strongest and biggest guy at the front, so that would be Josh. He's six foot three. He's a relatively big, big dude. So he'll go in the front. Uh, because he should be able to handle the current a little bit better than most of us. He will then be breaking the stream. So we'll then have people filing behind him, close behind, holding on to each other's waists, just so that if anyone topples, we can pull them up. Um, and the next current order doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, but then I think I will probably go right at the back. Now the reason why I'll go right at the back is because not because I want the easiest uh, stream of water but because then if anyone in the middle or if Josh for example if anyone in front of us uh, falls drops out and cannot be caught by anyone else in the group it means that the second strongest or at least a uh, slightly more sturdy person um, can potentially step out and grab them before they go way too off uh, out of reach um, we then facing upstream so say it all goes well facing upstream holding each other's waist standing pretty close to each other at the same time we'll all step across horizontally to the wall uh, to the flow of the river uh, until we pass across to the other side this is a technique i'm not sure there's probably people out there uh, saying all sorts of stuff saying you know that's not the best technique to do you should use ropes blah, 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 blah. Um, but this is the technique that we've got in our minds at the moment we're going to see how it goes hopefully like i said we'll be hitting it in a sweet spot where the rivers won't be too bad um, but this is just a method that we've got in our heads at the moment and like i said there's so many different ways this isn't the only way that we know of but it just seems to be the easiest way that we know of a method where we don't necessarily have to purchase purchase we don't have to purchase uh, huge amounts of equipment in order to do it and um, because over the past week we've actually spent a lot of money and money is a factor for some people it's not but for us it is um, so we're trying to do things the most efficient way in accordance to how much money we have to spend and the equipment that we have in our hands so that's what we're going to that's how we're going to deal with rivers but hopefully like i said it won't be too bad hopefully the snowmelt won't be too much um, and we'll be kind of aiming to be walking primarily during the early parts of the day uh, up to about midday or one o'clock and then camping down we're only going to be aiming for about 10 mile days perhaps we'll do a bit more perhaps some days we'll do a bit less but we're taking this section nice and slow um, and just nice and safe i think it's the best way to do it what else is there to update you on so that's the sierras it's just going to be absolutely gorgeous. We're super, super pumped. Um, there have been moments where I've been nervous about this section because of the snow, hearing stuff about the storms. There's several people that we know who've gone in and had to drop out because it's been too cold or too snowy or they just, you know, they can't pass through some of the passes. Um, there are a few avalanche warnings, so we're going to have to keep our eyes out on that. Um, but many of the people that we know who've gone in, who include Ribbit, and his group 
um, and several others, uh, such as Jungle Law, actually. Jungle Law is currently in Bishop, which is a few miles in. Um, they're having a really good time. They say it's absolutely beautiful, but just to pack up ready for the cold um, and take things nice and slow. There's no rush, and if things get too much, don't bother with it. Either take a break in a nearby town or uh, find a way around it. That's just how things are now in the Sierra Nevadas. And to be honest, I'm super stoked to get in there. It's going to be so, so beautiful. Uh, I've currently got in my book inventory, I've got uh, the book about John Muir, A Passion for Nature. It's a biography of his. Um, it's, uh, sorry, an autobiography. Um, and it's incredible. And it's uh, a story about John Muir. Uh, moving over to America and establishing himself within this kind of area, the Sierras, uh, and uh, everything he did to influence trails as well as national parks out here. So I'm really excited to be out in that environment listening about how he was out here because he's an absolute hero of mine uh, and how he fared within the Sierras at his time. Um, it's going to be brilliant. I'm super, super stoked. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Animals. Let's talk about animals. I love animals. Bears. Guys, I've been talking about bears. I haven't seen any yet, but I'm officially in bear country. Uh, so how does this affect us? Not really much. Um, the only thing we have done to adapt to this is we've bought bear canisters. Bear canisters or bear boxes are um, these big, to be honest, quite expensive tubs of plastic. <laughs> but uh, they're essential. It's, it's illegal to be coming through the Sierras without one. And essentially, it's kind of like an odour-proof and hard-to-open um, capsule where you put all of your food. Uh, the idea is then you cook your food about 200 yards at least away or 200 feet away from where you camp. Um, and then you put all your food back into your bear canister and you put your canister far away from where you camp. Uh, that way, if the bear is attracted to the bear canister, it's not attracted to your tent. And the bear canister should prevent the bear from actually accessing your food. Um, completely so that's quite good um, the bears we're going to be coming across again just a little reminder it's just black bears it's not grizzlies or anything like that so let's not get too hyped about this black bears are the smaller species they're a little bit more frightful um, you can scare them off quite easily and it's actually even though it's likely that we're going to see some in the Sierras it's likely that we're going to see them running away from us as opposed to standing up to us and like coming towards us um, but that's pretty exciting it's co it's cool to know that we're finally in that area and instead of like sort of walking through somewhere and being like oh it's full of trees it kind of looks like bear country i'm now officially in the the biggest bear country of the trail i think maybe apart from oregon and washington or maybe it just continues from here on but uh yeah it's cool and it's um it is what was i going to say i've already said it but it, yeah it's illegal not to have those bear canisters at least in this section uh for the rest of the trail, I don't think it is illegal, um, which kind of signifies to me perhaps less of a presence, or maybe in the Sierras, maybe they're just more allured to humans. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. The other thing about that, though, is I don't know how active they're going to be because of all the storms. I'm not too sure what their patterns are, whether they've been in hibernation or perhaps now they're starting to wake up. But if that is the case, then I'm pretty sure as they're waking up and they're being hit by like 20 foot of snow, they'll probably just revert back into hibernation if they can. Um, we have heard reports of bears further down the line, like within the desert, um, deserty kind of woody sections. Uh, but obviously these are a lot warmer 
So I'm not too sure whether the bears up in the mountains are going to be that active at the moment anyway. Um, but hopefully they are because I would love to see some. But hopefully they're not too active because I also want to be able to eat my food and not have it eaten all by a bear. Um, equipment. So we've got the bear canisters. New equipment is also ice axes. We've got black diamond ravens. Uh, these are really lovely ice axes. They're really super light. I uh, can't quite remember what metal they're made of, but we've got the ice axe to help support us whilst we're going along passes. So we're going to be going along a lot of thin ridge line known as passes, where you basically go from very low ground, or not very low ground, but you go from low ground to high ground, and then you dip down into low ground on the other side. It's a pass which gets you from kind of one mini range to the next. Um, um, I think we've got, I might be wrong, but I think we have about nine of these in total, nine major ones in total. Uh, the, in the Sierras, the tallest of which is called Forrester Pass, which is just after Mount Whitney. Um, and then after Forrester Pass, I think it gets slowly smaller. I think there's a car about to come up the corner, it might get a bit loud. Um, yes, so ice axe will help us with that, but also it will help us with self-arrests. Um, so we'll be able to save ourselves if we do fall down one of these passes. Uh, Self-arrest is basically just a way of breaking as just falling down a slope. Uh, essentially, I think the method, I mean, I'm not going to describe it in, in full detail, but you essentially turn onto your stomach and you push the ice axe into the ground, holding your knees to the ground and lifting your body up a little bit. It should slow down your momentum to stop. Uh, and then from there, you can be saved or rescued or you can start making your way up the, up the slope again or get yourself into safety. Uh, so ice axe is kind of essential out here at the moment. We still have micro spikes. Some people are going for crampons. Um, crampons, I think, is probably quite a good idea. Uh, but again, just money-wise, we can't afford crampons. And also, it's not. I think it's a good idea, but I don't think it's necessary. Uh, a lot of people are going through with micro spikes right now, and no one's really complaining about it. Um, but I think it's always good to have someone in your crew who has crampons because if for example you need someone to step make steps in front of you crampons are probably better than micro spikes are at doing that you can chop it into it a little bit and also using the ice axe as well you can cut in steps um and i think sobo's got some crampons so we may be using her up ahead every now and then <laughs> just to make little steps for us if it gets a bit too tough um, i think we're getting pretty close to you guys being all fully updated on the sierra situation uh, other equipment we got is just nice warm stuff. I'm currently wearing some gloves called Cyrus, I think they're called. S-E-I-R-U-S. -I, I think they're called Cyrus gloves. They're all-weather purpose gloves. Windproof, waterproof. My fingers are still pretty cold in them, actually, but they're not numb. So at least I can still function. Uh, and I think when I'm walking, I'm currently sat down on a rock, so when I'm walking, I'll probably get the blood pumping into my hands a bit more. I've got a new pair of shoes, and so does Molly. Uh, so we originally had the Lone Peak, uh, sorry, the Ultra Lone Peak 3.5s. We've now gone for the Ultra Lone Peak 4s, which are the updated version. And they're super comfortable. Uh, they're looking fresh as anything, which is nice. Um, I've got grey ones, Molly's got blue ones, and life is good. Um, we've got the same gaiters that we had. Likely going to get a bit wet, but that's okay. I got new and gingy socks, so that's nice and comfortable. When we get to... So Lone Pine is where we're first aiming for. That's about 40 miles in. Uh, we should be there in about three days or so. 
uh, when we first get to Lone Pine, uh, we've got a package there waiting for us. It's got seal skin socks, which are waterproof socks, which we'll put over our socks inside our shoes because our shoes are going to get wet, but they'll dry out fairly quickly, hopefully. Um, but it's the socks that we want to keep and our feet, we want to keep dry. So we'll put some seal skin socks on. Um, what other equipment have we got there? I can't quite remember, but obviously you'll be there with us when we pick that up. So uh, you'll see what we've got going on there. Um, got a hat. Just a nice warm hat. Just warm equipment in general, really. Uh, nothing too extravagant. Uh, nothing too pricey. Nothing too special. But just enough to keep us nice and toasty, hopefully, in the, in the snow. We'll see how it fares. But uh, we're essentially going to be using these next three days just to see oh, how everything fares. How temperature affects us and uh, whether or not we need to update ourselves on anything like that. I think I'm basically nearly done. Today, we're getting up and we're going. We're hitting the road, um, but we'll put that into a separate episode in the next episode. Uh, so I really hope you guys um, have enjoyed the information I've given. I hope it's been helpful. If you have any questions, please drop us messages on Instagram or Facebook. And we'll pick it up and we'll hopefully be able to answer them maybe in Lone Pine. Just trying to think. Ah, oh, that's it. If there's anything else, I'll say it in the next episode. But by and large, I think I've given you a, a roundabout update of what's occurring and what's happened and where we are and who we are and why we are and how we are. Um, yeah, it's awesome to be back. I'm ready to rock and roll. And uh, I hope you guys are too. We'll see you in the Sierras. We'll see you in the snow. Wish us the best of luck and come join us. And uh, yeah, much love, guys. See you in a bit.